Alright, this is weird. Uh, but let's do this thing. How's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. And I'm talking to myself because it is just one bro this week. James has been without power for several days, and uh, we decided uh, it'd be best if uh, if I did a solo show just so we can get it, get it out on time. Uh, however, he recorded uh, several clips, which I think he did in his car. Uh, I think that, uh, that's correct, isn't it, James? Yep, that's for sure. All right. And the show is called... It's just called Two Brothers. Very good. Uh, I am Marcus, and... I am pre-recorded James. All right, then. Uh, let's get started. This is going to be a shorty, because uh, it's really difficult to, to, to move from doing a, uh, a co-hosted podcast to a mono-hosted podcast. Uh, but I have a couple things. Um, mainly <laughs> Snowpocalypse 2019. The actual snowpocalypse, which uh, happened sort of, at least in, as far as James is concerned, and I think he's still a little sequestered in his snow-enveloped bunker uh, somewhere in Oregon. Roseburg? More like Snowsburg. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little weird. Um, lack of power, lack of internet. Uh, that was, uh, was kind of, kind of scary touch and go there for a while. But, uh, here in the city where I am, um, very little snow stuck. So, uh, two different worlds. Advantage, urban environment. <laughs> Good one, Marcus. Oh, thank you very much. I actually, uh, I have a music share to start off with. Uh, there's a band named Mama Hawk. All right, and Mama Hawk, based out of Austin, Texas, I believe they're a trio, um, has a new album out. It's, uh, it's really good. There's, um, there's a lot of um, good musicianship on it. Uh, they're a little funk, a little soul, a little, little jazz, uh, kind of a Steely Dan influence, I, I would suspect, uh, but, uh, but more, more, more um, on the, uh, the soul and funk side, I would say. Uh, less the rock side, uh, so there's a uh, just just some some good uh, pop type songs, pop influence songs on this, and here's a track.
So there you go. Not bad, right, James? Yep, that's for sure. All right, then. Yeah, I, I like this band a lot. Um, I just started following them. Uh, another another one, Spotify, slung at me uh, without me knowing. I was thinking of comfort viewing this week, uh, those, those shows and movies that we keep returning to when uh, we're looking for a, a little, you know, a little self-uplifting time. I, I did... I, and I do uh, sort of indulge in Monty Python's Flying Circus, but it is very dated by now, even though still still funny. Um, some stuff I would say probably <laughs> mostly to me than the average person, uh, just because of having grown up with it. And the, the, the sort of need for, for that as background noise, right? Uh, having that on while I do other things. Uh, I'd, I'd like to get away from that a little bit this year, do some more active engagement. Uh, I was just reading a study um, from a, a three universities that uh, looked at the effect of music on creativity, and they found uh, a, a, a sort of productivity hit or um, a, a lack, <laughs> an influence in the negative sense of music on uh, creative problem solving. So listening to music of you know many different types uh, with familiar lyrics, with unfamiliar lyrics, say foreign language, or instrumental music has a similar detrimental effect on, uh, on a person's creative problem solving than if they listen to nothing or uh, possibly just background noise, what they call in the study uh, library noise. So a, a low-level um, sort of non-specific, ongoing background noise is not so disruptive to creativity, but music, in contrast to what we all tend to think, you know, music helps us focus and helps us engage and, and uh, sparks creativity. Actually, it, it seems to have the opposite effect. Um, so uh, I'm going to keep looking into that and think about doing some <laughs> either white noise to mask uh, some outside interference or trying to make do with whatever low-level thing is going on at the time. Um, and well, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Um, that might might help me focus in on a few of the things that I want to watch and or listen to um, as, as I go forward. Uh, there's a, there are a hell of a lot of things in my Netflix queue that um, probably don't all need to be there. Um, just sort of, uh, I need to think about the problem of, of time and getting to, you know, the specific things I really do want to see, maybe not letting myself go too far into a series if it's not working. Similar to books, uh, right? It's just going on. Uh, maybe, maybe James feels differently. I don't know. Or maybe I, why not? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, uh, there is one more music share and this band, um, I have found them uh, similarly recently called Cavern of Antimatter, and I'm a big fan of electronic music, big fan of ambient, chill, that sort of side of, of things, Aphex Twin and Boars of Canada. And uh, Cavern of Antimatter has a kind of, of Boars of Canada feel, uh, at times a little craftwork uh, influence, it seems. Uh, in their music, but not as dark as maybe even Kraftwerk, I would say. It's a little, little more, 
let's not use the word upbeat. Let's say uplifting overall, uh, just kind of kind of that similar groove, similar instrumentation, but holding to uh, a slightly different aesthetic than Boards of Canada does. And I would say let's let's hear a, a, a little track here. that goes on. Uh, first track of this album is very long and um, maybe a little deceptive in that uh, slow evolution, which I do, I do tend to enjoy, uh, especially for walking, uh, walking to or from work, that kind of thing, thinking about various issues. And now here we go, like there's an example of where I can't do that anymore if I, uh, I want to feel like I'm retaining focus intensely. Not, I wouldn't say anything significant happened life-wise this week just more of the same except that the winter is continuing apace that cold arctic blast from from the north um still swirling around here in portland and making things chilly not that i'm anxious for summer to start but i do enjoy the sun now when it comes so that's uh that's another thing i wanted to experience was just the variety rather than uh, a sort of sameness uh, for long periods of time and uh, here it is. I got it. Don't know. Do I even have anything else? I have. I have another potential music share. Let's uh, maybe knock that out real quick. Um, I found. I went looking for King Crimson on Spotify, and of course the the classic stuff is not there. Just some some late two thousands uh, stuff. Uh, I don't know whether that's Universal's influence or Robert Fripp himself. Um, is, is famously restrictive about um, and careful about the rights uh, and releases for his music. But there is a sort of explanatory track uh, for uh, a song called Thela Hun Jinjit, 
which is off of the Discipline album. That came out in 1981. Um, at the time, uh, just a fantastic departure from uh, a lot of the music that was going on. Uh, Robert Fripp put together a, a group uh, out of the ashes of the old King Crimson. Um, Bill Bruford, uh, a holdover, the drummer, uh, adding Tony Levin as a bass player who's uh, you know, famous uh, for being in sessions. Side note, uh, I did see the classic albums of, of Peter Gabriel doing So, uh, the VH1 series, and uh, that is wonderful. Tony Levin has uh, several, several moments in there where he gets to talk about his bass playing on that album. And uh, just a stellar musician who contributed enormously to King Crimson's sound. And they are um, definitely rock, but uh, influenced by, you know, all the things, the, the Eastern, Eastern influence, classical music, um, just a little bit of jazz, maybe uh, in the, f the free expression. Adrian Ballou, who sang and played guitar, second guitar for the band, um, brought that wild influence into Robert Fripp's very carefully constructed uh, edifices of, of sound. And uh, looking back, Robert Fripp said he felt that King Crimson of the 1981 version was maybe the best band in the world at the time. And uh, it does, I'd say it does show he's not, he's not wrong. And the track in question, Thela Hun Jinji, is uh, sort of a mix of this compl complicated instrumental passage with the story of Adrian Ballou um, sort of walking around the, the neighborhood streets, uh, not sure what the city is, uh, trying to get a mood for this, this line that he was, he was supposed to say. And um, here's, a little bit of, here's a little bit of that song. story goes, he, he, he took this tape recorder out to try to uh, talk about, you know, he, this is a dangerous place was, you know, the line. Uh, he held a gun to his head. That was the emotion he was trying to convey, instill in himself so he could deliver it. And then walking around a corner, finding a group of possible gang members who demanded to know what he was talking about, accusing him of being a police officer. Uh, grabbing the tape recorder, playing it back, freaking out, and then Adrian Ballou going back into the studio and telling this story um, to the rest of the band. Uh, just, just an amazing set of circumstances that turned into a brilliant song. Really, really like that thing. No, no nothing else. James, have you got anything? 
Yeah, I don't think so. All right, then. Uh, I would say we should wrap it up. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to bros at itsjustcalledtwobrothers.com. And one of us can read it. And you can tweet at us at IJC2B. And I'm assuming you still blog every day at MarcusHarwell.com, even though I can't really check because I don't have internet service. I still do that, yes, indeed. <laughs> not bad. This is not as easy as it looks, I, would, I can tell you that. Maybe if I had script, that would be the thing. It would be, <laughs> it would be easier to carry on than trying to ramble over DJ style. That's what we, <laughs> what we do this.